Hello everyone, we're Superhero Stuff You Should Know, and if you think you know about superheroes and comic books, think again. We got romance, we got action, romance. we got comedy, we got everything you need, man. Come on down to Superhero Stuff You Should Know for all your superhero needs. Uh, ro I, I don't know about this romance, what part are you talking about? We've got all kinds of sketches, and then deep dives on top of that. Come on down to Superhero Stuff You Should Know! Alright, so come on down to wait, why did I say come on down? To Superhero Stuff You Should Know. You've been lost in the woods for hours now, stumbling around in the dark. You come around the bend and see two people roasting marshmallows over a roaring fire. They see you coming into the clearing and gesture over to pull up a log. Welcome to Campfire Ashes. I'm Paul. And I'm Jess. Join us as we tell each other our originally written spooky stories around the campfire and then dive into the lore and legends that inspired them. Is it something that goes bump in the night? Is it something menacing lurking past the tree line? Or is it just weird and otherworldly? You'll find it here on Campfire Ashes. You can find us on Spotify, Apple Music, Amazon Music, or right here on the Geekscape Network. Everybody, and here is the last of the listener submitted month episodes, and I couldn't be more excited because not only are we talking about one of my absolute favorite horror films of all time, but we're joined by one of my favorite people of all time. Kyle is back on the podcast. <laughs> oh my god, welcome back! Yeah, I'm here. <laughs> Quick email, probably the shortest one we got uh, from our listener, Rachel. Hey, guys, my listener suggestion is The Fun House from 1981. It's always my favorite scary movie as a kid. I love the creepy carnival vibes, and I always felt so eerie. I think you'll have fun watching it because it is just pure 80s ridiculousness. Thanks for reading, Rachel. So the funny thing about this is that she talks about it being a favorite of when she was a kid. And I rented this very early into me getting into horror films and I hated it. Mm -hmm. I thought it was so slow and yeah. so boring. And then around college, I kept reading all these people saying that it was like the Toby Hooper masterpiece that no one talks about. So I rented it on Netflix and I absolutely just fell in love with like how atmospheric it is and how it like really lets the whole carnival become its own character from mm -hmm. the start of the movie. Yeah. And now it's like, Literally in my top 10 horror films of all time, easily. Yeah. If anybody wonders why you love this, it's just because you love the concept of fucking dark rides. We were watching Jaws 3D, and you're like, God, I love dark rides. We're watching Child's Play 3, you're like, God, I love dark rides. You like <laughs> dark ride, you're like, God, I love dark rides. <laughs> yeah, I know, but I would argue that this is the best dark ride, dark ride horror film ever movie, made. Movie dark rides, yeah, I think so. Yeah. I think so, And then too. we went on, we went to a carnival, and we were on a dark ride, and you were like, 
God, I love RuPaul's Drag Race. And I'm like, this is the one time that it would have been justified to say that you like dark rides and you didn't. So I did get to experience this at a drive-in. We're just going to start right there with a humble brag. You should have seen it at a dark ride. That would have been cooler. It would have just been tough to follow the screen. You're like, oh. (laughs) So it was a fun night. Uh, I went up to the Mahonan drive-in. It's about an hour and a half away in Jim Thorpe, Pennsylvania. Everything about that statement sounds made up on the spot. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> You're like, I went to the uh, Mahonan Drive-In in uh, Jim Thorpe, Pennsylvania. Yeah, like, did you get your neighbor's piece of mail that you were reading off of? Or what was but yeah, so I, I go up there. It's a pretty cool setup with a, just a big-ass screen, and they bring out, like... I guess it's like Bluetooth speakers that they have set up every certain feet across from each other. And you could either roll down your window and listen to the movie that way. Or like they made sure that you were spaced out enough that if you wanted to like pull out a folding chair and sit like in front of your car, you could like watch it sitting in a lawn chair or whatever. Uh, But our friend Chris La Martina of WNUF holiday special Halloween special was there. So I went and caught up with him, got to meet him for the first time. He talked about how much he loves Scott. I got to enjoy Sleepaway camp followed immediately by the fun house and by followed immediately. That was my my, double feature. No, I'm I'm sorry. I'm just kidding. My one complaint is that it was an hour intermission between every movie, which just seemed like overkill. The tickets were for 6 p.m. Sleepaway camp didn't start until 815. And then fun house didn't start until 1030. And homeboy needed to be up at 8 a.m. the next morning. So I had to drive home. So it was it was a rough night. And my notes uh, reflect that I was tired for sure. But still seeing it live, I stand by my statement that I think The Fun House is a delightful movie. I know it wasn't my first time. I know it wasn't Kyle's first time, but I'm pretty sure it was Brian and Scott's first time. It was not. So, oh, it's not. OK. I so was say, how can you be a Kelly and not have seen this movie before? I saw it without Matt, actually. I didn't I didn't watch it with Matt. So I want to know what your guys' thoughts were on it real quick. So the first time I saw it was like not that long ago. I was it was like four or five years. I was I was home for some event and I watched it at mom and dad's and I didn't dislike it, but it did it definitely did seem slower. Like not not to jump ahead, but like the whole prostitution scene or hand job scene or quick shoot scene was like an hour and 20 minutes into the movie from my memory. And then, yeah. you know yeah. what I mean? And then I watched yeah. this, I was like, Oh wow, this movie, uh, the pace is actually quicker than I remember. <laughs> Cause once that happens, the really is when the movie starts. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know? No, it takes an hour almost to get to the movie moving, but I do in most cases I would complain about that, but I really think that Toby Hooper did a, good job on what his intention was of like making sure that like this carnival felt like a like living breathing entity of evil mm-hmm. uh and i think having the same actor play all of the barkers oh, this was the first time i ever noticed that after four yeah. four to five viewings of this film <laughs> I, this is the first time i noticed that so that was a, that was i mean fun. i don't mean to brag but i noticed it, <laughs> well, it was really it was really nice being on with you guys thank you so much for having me uh, <laughs> you can go fuck yourself and bye how about how about you scott i know i know all things considered You've been pretty critical of all of the picks this listener submitted month. Uh, and I oh. kept saying, don't worry, Funhouse is great. And I'm worried that I may have hyped it up too much. 
No, no, there's no way for Matt Kelly to hype up a movie for me. I've been podcasting with you for eight years. There's no way for you to hype up a movie anymore. <laughs> I don't trust your opinion at all. <laughs> Let me just say it was the best listener submitted pick. Yes. Okay, but that's, that's not the, a that's not a, high not bar. a glowing recommendation. <laughs> I'm never watching I'm so it again. Sorry. Can you guys just give me a quick like a, a quick rundown? Not even rundown, but just a couple examples of what else was picked. Just so I so oh, yeah. So you were here's the fun thing with Kyle. Kyle, I knew I wanted him to do fun house because i had a sneaking suspicion he also liked this movie uh, and i felt like i may need someone <laughs> to be on my corner you picked the but, right tag team partner brother <laughs> <laughs> but the other options were 1995's rumpelstiltskin <laughs> yeah 1989's my mom's a werewolf oh and God. 1987's crawl space damn we're uh, interesting we're an interesting company okay thank you i just uh yeah, <laughs> like, I didn't know a couple of those. yeah my mother's a werewolf i think broke scott for a little bit oh, <laughs> like, i was was that the one i was so mad on yeah, yeah i had to cut around a lot in the edit because you, know, you, <laughs> yeah, you came in like fuming this movie kicks off with probably Still to this day, one of my favorite opening credit sequences. I don't know mm-hmm. what it is that I love so much about this, but it's just... I can tell you what you loved about it, Matt. It's just the moving mannequins. It's all the creepy <laughs> moving mannequins. Oh, that intro. Yeah, I thought yeah. you were, I was going to say, like, immediately after the credits, you see the main girl's boobs, which, right. of course, you're... This is the reason why I picked this movie. But then we get the the our favorite trope, disconcerting <laughs> horror trope, which is the brother of the the main character, little brother, like prepubescent main little brother, being like, "I saw your tits. I'm gonna tell everyone." Um, I mean, like yeah. that happens in so many HMN movies, and I don't understand why. Shout yeah, like I, I have a, a sister. I have never and would never want to see her naked. No. I, I don't understand what these guys were like what was Toby show. Hooper working through. They're all only children, Scott. This is yeah. truly <laughs> if we look at the history, they're all only children. Yeah. They're like, hmm, what does a family look like? Let me check out <laughs> Pornhub for some suggestions. <laughs> oh. In nineteen seventy nine? Yeah. There's a Pornhub for sure. I'm pretty sure that the incest porn in the eighties was far less popular than it is in the twenty twenties or twenty tens. I, I feel like it's so much better because I don't know what seventies porn is, but I just envision like a balding man with a mustache and like holding a there lollipop. Always mustaches. Holding a lollipop in this tight little horizontal striped sweater that's like, but I'm your little brother. Like- <laughs> <laughs> so this movie also starts with like just stacked homages right out the gate. You've got the Halloween homage right into the psycho homage. And then this movie really leans hard on the uh, Frankenstein references between the parents watching Bride of Frankenstein in the very beginning of the movie, the main villain wearing a Frankenstein mask for a large portion of the movie and him being a fairly sympathetic creature in the same way that Frankenstein is where... Dude, he murdered someone because he had premature ejaculation. How is that like relatable i'm not saying that it's relatable i'm saying that he's sympathetic uh, because it's like dude <laughs> this guy's this guy's dad has probably fucked him up beyond belief but i did take the time to read the novelization of this movie that was written by dean Koontz. <laughs> kyle have you read this did you thing? buy it from horrifying <laughs> or what no i found it at a local bookstore years ago so this is my second read 
Uh, I reread it. Oh my God. Yeah, I reread it just to remember. So if you thought that the movie was slow paced, Dean Koontz decides that we need 150 pages to get us to where the movie starts. No, no, no. Dude, I know. I've read it. I think one of the things that I've noticed in multiple rewatches of this movie is that I think it is very masterful at its foreshadowing. Um, And it's in like small ways, like the freak show sequence. I think watching it a second time really like clicks together a lot of things in my head, specifically like you obviously see what is now heavily implied to be a brother of the villain um, just as a baby sitting inside of a jar that has all the exact same facial uh, stuff going first, on. First time I noticed that. This time too. I really watched. Yeah. I really watched the movie for you guys. By the way, <laughs> like, I, really I appreciate it. But my favorite character, and this was one of those things that I noticed for the first time uh, riding riding with Kyle on this one, is that I love that there is a magician at this carnival who apparently performs a ten minute trick with his daughter. Every two hours. Because- yeah. <laughs> yeah. I, uh, I was on mute and I you guys were ignoring me. I didn't realize. But I, I do have to call you out real quick. The, there's some scenes that are good foreshadowing. And then there's other scenes where they didn't trust the audience to pick up on the foreshadowing. <laughs> like yes. When okay. She's thank like, you, Brian. Yeah. He's like, don't go to that carnival because uh, two kids were killed last year in another town. And then they start having a conversation. He's like, I don't know if you heard me a few minutes before, but just so you're aware and the audience is aware, <laughs> two kids were killed at that carnival last year. That's true. Did you know that? The two kids are killed in the carnival? <laughs> yeah. Did you hear about that? Did you hear about that? I, I was thinking about this when I was watching it live, but like, as much as I love this premise, and Scott's absolutely right, I love... I love a good dark ride slasher movie. Mm-hmm. I have never. I don't understand it. I've never understood. <laughs> I've never understood what the movie appeal is of sleeping inside of an abandoned amusement park oh, ride. Like, no, dog. like nothing no. seems fun about it. There's not even like, like it's terrifying out the gate because mannequins are scary, but mm-hmm. also like, oh my God, I'm about to say a sentence and I stopped myself because I'm like, this is going to sound like the most virgin shit ever, but like, there's <laughs> There's nowhere comfortable to sleep in. <laughs> like, I'm, I'm realizing is not the point of sleeping yeah. in the car. I don't see the appeal of those rides in general. Like the whole time I was watching it, do you remember when uh, Sarah Marshall was breaking up with Russell Brand? Do you remember when she's like attacking his tattoos? That's how I felt watching the ride. It's like, that's a dragon. That's a pirate. That's a guy playing a piano. <laughs> it doesn't make you deep. It makes you full of shit. That's just how I felt all the time. Like this ride makes no fucking sense. No, <laughs> I, I was, is that your impression of me? Because it's bloody awful. <laughs> that's that's so weirdly accurate. Because I also was thinking as I was watching it, there's nothing particularly scary, and like there's skeletons, but like I don't know why I'm supposed to be scared by the dude playing jet ragtime on the piano in the corner, like or the like this the, most smiley like egg person, which I presume was Humpty Dumpty, but there was also no wall, so in yeah. my mind it's actually just an egg person. Like Humpty Dumpty is very specific. See, if they really wanted to scare people, they'd get rid of the guy with the piano and just have a guy with a guitar, and then the ride stalls, and he's just like, "You guys you know to- Wonderwall," yes. and then just. <laughs> 
It's impressive that Dean Koontz is the one that got to write the novelization and not Stephen King, though, because we all know Stephen King loves to write a sad handjob sequence in yeah. any of his books. Dude, and like, so many hands. <laughs> no, it wasn't a guy-on-guy handjob, so there's obviously less interest from De- from uh, Stephen King. King. Yeah. <laughs> it's true. It true. fucked me up to see that, that I thought that handjobs were, like, a normal thing that every single, like, dude, every single married couple, every single person in an apocalypse they're giving and getting them like stephen king really ruined my expectations of what adulthood would be about Mm -hmm. yeah (laughs) yeah and did he also like inadvertently also ruin childhood because it wasn't as exciting as some of the other kids like it's like if you read it in this middle ground like you didn't find a dead body but also your hand jobs are like whatever so it's like it ruins both he bookends ruining both ends of your life Truly. I can't believe blame Stephen King for this, but I hate someone for the fact that I was fully convinced that like as soon as I got a girlfriend and lost my virginity, like I just that's when I grow out of jerking off. Like I thought that there was an end to it. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, hey, can I tell you guys a little anecdote? When I first lost my virginity, I was in college because I was a loser in high school, uh, and that's totally fine. College is when you're supposed to lose your virginity if you go to college. Uh, nothing wrong with you if you don't go to college. I think that I've done all of my qualifiers. So lost my virginity. <laughs> When I was almost 20. Um, And so after I lost my virginity, I remember masturbating for the first time after losing my virginity and being like, well, should should I jerk off? Do you think we're going to have sex today? Like, are you supposed to have sex every day from now on? Like, what if I get bored with having sex every day? What if I want to jerk off? I remember this time that Howard Stern said that sometimes it's better when you're married to masturbate because you just don't want to go through the trouble of having sex. And I'm like, you know, this is really stressful for me. And now, like, I'm 38 and married for a decade. And I'm like, I get it. Sometimes you just want to take care of business. A whole new world. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah, dude. It, it's definitely like, that's just opening fucking Pandora's box. And then you're like, I thought Pandora's box was sexy. And then you're like, oh, there's a lot more questions here than answers. <laughs> um, it's a scary time. Yeah, I should have stayed a virgin forever. Yeah. Hey, man. <laughs> yeah, no, that's been my plan. Um, so. <laughs> it doesn't regrow, man. Sorry, buddy. I have three things left on my notes of things that I love in this movie. Uh, and I'm just going to rock through them first. First of all, the monster face reveal. Love it. Mm-hmm. Love him just freaking out. Tears off that mask. And it's just that gnarly close up of the monster screaming. Love how rapidly like they see the monster and then they're just fucking dying. Like it is like one after another. Someone gets hung. Then they dig an axe into the already dead guy's body. Just for well, I thought that the implication was that he wasn't already dead. Uh uh, I, I just assumed he was definitely dead and then was placed inside the car ride to like cause a, a distraction. But there's that awesome tracking shot where it's just staying on his body as he's mm-hmm. continuing to go through the ride and you're seeing them in the background trying to do stuff. And then just like the last 10 minutes of this movie, I just think are are like Toby Hooper always knows how to end his movies. Like yeah. mm-hmm. they he are, doesn't always know how to get there. No, but no. like this is like just pure chaos like it's just screaming this monster's getting crushed by gears and then that shot of her just standing outside the fun house the following morning and the fat lady on the top just starts laughing laughing at her yeah oh it's like it's so it's so good and it's like one of those moments that does give that feeling that i think the movie's always been trying to imply which is that like even without the monster even without the the barker who's all these characters this is just a place of evil. Like, mm. it's just like an evil spot. And I, oh, God, I love this movie so fucking much. You know, I think that you just, you crystallized something that in, was in my head that I was, like, going to say. 
but I, like all of my notes are basically at the beginning. Mm-hmm. And then when shit gets good, I have no notes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. The last thing I have is the amount of slime dripping off this mask is very disconcerting. Yeah. <laughs> and that's just a preference, truly. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. I do. Um, I, some people, you know, want, want a sloppy blowjob. Um, <laughs> but th- that's actually because shit gets really good in the last 20 minutes. And um, I guess I was just engrossed. Yeah. But that's the problem with this movie for me is that it's like – really good but also it takes a long ass time to get really good mm-hmm. I, I love the the last fight it's yeah. awesome mm-hmm. i think i think also like i've watched this movie a lot of times i've watched this movie probably 10 to 15 times at least but seeing it at a drive-in is like now officially my preferred way to see the mm-hmm. movie yeah because being in like a open field surrounded by people you feel like you're actually at a carnival while it's happening yeah. and i think it it adds like an extra layer where you're like really engrossed by it i also have to say i've talked about this before with uh demonic toys but when i have my own place i want like an og fun house poster of the Jack in the box, just staring with a dead stare, holding the ax in its hand. I have loved that box art and that poster my entire life. And the fact that there is any other versions of that is upsetting because like, (laughs) it's like, it's perfection. Like I've seen the DVD that I bought was like just a close up of the clown's face. And I'm like, well, that's stupid. And then there's like other posters where it's just like the monster's mouth drooling. And I'm like, no, like it needs to be the no. Jack in the Box. Like it yeah. has to be the Jack in the Box cover. But those are all Wait, of my thoughts. Oh, Buzz. Buzz, dude, he's the cool guy. He's yeah. the, oh, listen, any man. He's the one who corrupts everybody. Yeah. It's the guy, is he the guy that has that amazing funny joke about the dancing duck? The dancing duck, yes. yes. Yeah, Buzz, <laughs> but my stepdad. Yeah, he also, <laughs> he taught us something. So I'm yes. telling you, any men. Or women, you know, you, you could use this as well. If you were in a fight with your significant other and you guys are at a disagreement and you want to get away without extending the fight any longer, just say, loosen up, will you? And I promise, we all of us <laughs> promise you that that fight will end right then and there and there will be no repercussions. No, Kyle, Kyle is with me. Uh, Scott is with me and Matt is with me. So mark our words as a unit. Try it. Because <laughs> she just she just shrugs her shoulders. He's like, "Loosen up, will you?" And then they drive off. I'm like, "Shake it off." I would get I would get murdered. Like I, I couldn't imagine ever telling Jade that I would be slaughtered. There's a band called FKU. They are a thrash band. I want to say they're from Germany or something. And they have a record called 1981, and it's all thrash metal songs about horror movies that came out in 1981. Um, Obviously, Halloween 2, Friday the 13th Part 2. They have a song called The Fun House. And it's almost every single one of their songs in the chorus. It uses the tagline from the movie. Because how much I love that record. I knew of The Fun House for years and years. I just never watched it because I knew that Matt was eventually going to subject me to it. So I wanted to have it fresh for that moment. I also knew in the tagline, I thought it was hilarious, which is pay to get in pray to get out. And um, I I can't say it without singing it now. Uh, and so the week that I was going to watch this movie, I was like, Megan, we're watching the fun house for horror movie night. Can I please just tell you the tagline? She's like, you know? <laughs> and, and, and so I was like, yeah. And she's like, oh my fucking God, are you serious? I'm like, yeah. And so in the last two weeks, I'd say since I watched this, uh, 
sometimes I'll just I'll, I'll be making dinner. I'll walk through the room and I'll be like, pay to get in, pray to get out. And she'd be like, stop. <laughs> so there's a reason why I'm not getting hand jobs 10 years into our marriage. <laughs> it's a bummer that this movie doesn't have like a more iconic score because mm-hmm. oh, it's I was terrible. I would love for like, a console crash cover, not for the music, but because there are so many quotes to just pull from like the different carnival barkers oh throughout. Oh, yeah. Real live women. See them wiggle, see them jiggle. See them jiggle. <laughs> I am a dance. <laughs> Six beautiful girls. Uh, but also, they're actual deformed animals in this movie. And I was like, what the fuck, Matt? And, and the one girl's like, it looks sad. Oh, no, you don't think? Jesus fucking Christ. No wonder you got slaughtered. Although I think that, that the blonde girl, uh, the blonde friend of the survivor girl, I think that her death is the saddest because it's like she tries so hard. But yeah. she doesn't because like here she stabs him in the fucking back. Yeah, but here's the thing. We all know him. He all you all he has to do is smell a woman and he's going to ejaculate. Um, <laughs> and he probably would have let her live. If she would have jerked him off too? No, no. Some that, that's, Jesus, don't put her Matt through Bryant. that. She doesn't have to go through that. That's horrible. But, you know, over the pants humping. She got cut up in a fucking wind turbine. <laughs> because she but, stabbed him. Oh, oh, that's why? Yeah. You're upsetting the dog. I know. I think you're victim blaming. I don't like this. <laughs> <laughs> but I give this one four stars out of five for the Matt Kelly scorecard. I still are. love this movie. I will revisit this movie a lot. I think that, not that he has... Like the most incredible, like all things considered, of all the legends, he probably has the weakest filmography. But to me, it's like second best Toby Hooper movie below Texas Chainsaw for me. Mm-hmm. Um, this is, of course, how could you say this is better than TCM 2, the new batch? Uh, I like but- this one more. I, I don't even want to know your scoring system. I don't. Yeah, and what, don't don't start scoring movies on here. Yeah. Like we've been doing this for eight years. Why would you start now? Yeah, go start a vlog with that shit. <laughs> Hello, everyone. We're superhero stuff you should know. And if you think you know about superheroes and comic books, think again. We got romance. We got action. Romance. We got comedy. We got everything you need, man. Come on down to superhero stuff you should know for all your superhero needs. Uh, ro- I, I don't know about this romance. What part are you talking about? We've got all kinds of sketches and then deep dives on top of that. Come on down to superhero stuff you should know. All right. So come on down to. Su- Wait, why did I say come on down to superhero stuff you should know? You've been lost in the woods for hours now, stumbling around in the dark. You come around the bend and see two people roasting marshmallows over a roaring fire. They see you coming into the clearing and gesture over to pull up a log. Welcome to Campfire Ashes. I'm Paul. And I'm Jess. Join us as we tell each other our originally written spooky stories around the campfire and then dive into the lore and legends that inspired them. Is it something that goes bump in the night? Is it something menacing lurking past the tree line? Or is it just weird and otherworldly? You'll find it here on Campfire Ashes. You can find us on Spotify, Apple Music, Amazon Music, or right here on the Geekscape Network. We'll be back to this week's episode in just a second. But first, let's talk about our sponsor this week, Best Fiends. Put down your pumpkin spice latte and jump on to Best Fiends. Your favorite host of your favorite podcast, Horror Movie Night, has continued to ascend. So if you're not at level 700, then hurry up and catch up with me. If you don't have Best Fiends yet, what are you even waiting for at this point? Download the app. 
form a team of cute characters and match the water drops, the leaves, the strawberries, and all of the other colorful shapes and defeat these evil slugs. I'm having a great time and I know you will too, so engage your brain with fun puzzles and collect tons of cute characters. Trust me, with over 100 million downloads, this five-star rated mobile puzzle game is a must-play. Download Best Fiends free on the Apple App Store or Google Play Store. That's friends without the R, Best Fiends. And now, back to the show. So, double features. Kyle, what's your double feature with this bad boy? Um, so, I my double feature is Brian De Palma's Carrie. And I think that this is weird. It's a weird double feature. Uh, I think that you could truly place either as the A or B picture in my mind. But like upon this is probably my fourth or fifth viewing of the fun house. And like you, Matt, I did not like it the first time, second time, possibly third time I saw it. And it wasn't until I watched this with my wife that like she pointed out a couple of things that I hadn't noticed and I was like starting to understand things that I hadn't seen. And then this time, which I literally watched like a couple hours before we were recording here is that I realized that the, the film is completely about the loss of innocence. And it's not just with our survivor girl. It's with the brother. It's with our Frankenstein monster guy. It's with every teenager that goes to that fun house and to that place. It's, it all clicked for me that like everybody is losing their innocence in some sort of way. And it's like also killing them. And I feel like Carrie is a great way to either watch it beforehand or to uh, follow up the fun house. Because I also think that's like about a singular person battling with something evil and innocent and like all of this stuff too. Uh, and it sort of fits the time frame well too. You got high schoolers, you got like some, you know, clicks of people and uh, late 70s yeah. right yeah, yeah and also you know like to to bring it out of your really depressing point of view i knew this like i knew i was gonna have to say that and i was like man this is like a comedy hot horror podcast like i'm gonna say some shit and it's yeah, not gonna like, be very fucking serious funny. on us now um, i'm also God. i'm also uh yeah this is <laughs> never mind i don't want to talk about uh it. but here's the thing is that you can watch you watch carrie first because i think it's a sadder movie i think the fun house has a lighter tone which yeah. is weird to say because it's still a pretty dark mean-spirited film yeah you watch carrie first and then you turn to your significant other and say i can see your dirty pillows i I literally say that to megan once a month and she slaps me okay well as the person who was really riding hard for uh the fun house you know what i already mentioned the tagline anyway i would watch this and then immediately pop in popcorn as well it's a much more light-hearted fun movie but it it has some similar elements, one could say, but uh, definitely uh, popcorn is a blast. So okay. maybe we'll talk about that sometime soon. I would pair this with a movie that is good, but it really shouldn't be good at all, uh, especially given the time that it came out and the whole premise of it. But Hellfest also takes place in the carnival. Oh, man. Oh, yeah. yeah. Is actually like a good slasher movie. <laughs> Like, yeah, Hellfest is like a weirdly fun movie. Like, yeah. I did not. I put it on like, ugh, here we go. 
and <laughs> ended up being like, all right, I was a okay with this movie. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Same thing with me. I was like, fuck dude, let's watch this because why not? <laughs> I'm going to, I mentioned FKU and their record 1981. I am going to go with another movie from 1981. That's also on the FKU record 1981, but also, uh, not a great movie, but start with the fun house. It's super mean spirited. Hell Knight is less mean spirited, but also from 1981 and also on that record. And also I would say it's about the loss of innocence. And it kills, it kills you when you lose your innocence. Let's do a, cause I know Brian's got a, got a bounce soon. So Brian, how about you start us off on what did you watch this week? Okay. Uh, so I've been, you're going to get a lot of documentaries out of me. That's really all I've been watching lately. And, uh, I watched this movie that definitely isn't worth a rewatch. Uh, Survival of the Film Freaks. I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> Fuck them. No, I watched this. I watched this documentary on Showtime called Prophets Pray about the fundamentalist Church of Latter Day Saints which is just insane. Quick synopsis. The Jesus Christ Church of Latter-day Saints were polygamous. It was taboo. So they were like, okay, we're, we're no longer being polygamous anymore. And some of the members were like, fuck that. We still are. So they started their own church. And this guy was the prophet who was the principal of the school for this cult is what it was. And just was sexually abusing these children. It, it's such a tough, thing to watch but it's also like it, it's a really good documentary about warren jeffs um, yeah and it's just like like they're even saying like you know how it is like it's tough enough to like speak out you know for people especially in that time era for like anyone of any victim of sexual abuse to like speak out but imagine like doing it to someone that everyone around you sees as either a direct descendant of god or god himself yeah. You know what I mean? Like, that's what you're going up against. And these kids are really just responsible for why this man's been in the rest of his life in prison, which is fucking cool. So I guess there's there's at least a happier note at the end. But it, it's a it's a good documentary for sure. And uh, we'll bounce right over to the documentary filmmaker himself. Kyle, what do you got as a suggestion on something to watch? I watched um, a movie called Murder of Innocence. Uh, it's on Tubi. And it is a... Uh, <laughs> We're not watching it. <laughs> <laughs> Fucking Tubi. Um, it's a movie by Tom McLaughlin, which did a Friday the 13th film. Which I think it was Jason Lives. It, is, it was Jason sure Lives. Yeah, Jason I, Lives. yeah. And he also yeah. did uh, Sometimes They Come Back. He does. A, he also did uh, She's Too Young for anybody who took a sex low education class uh, in the late 2000s. Um, Dude, I grew up in... Rural Ohio, what, what's sex ed? Uh, oh, yeah. Uh, well, that's another podcast here. Uh, Scott, we'll talk about it. <laughs> um, but uh, he did a lot of like Lifetime movies, sort of like those scare Lifetime films, right? And he did this one called Murder of Innocence, which is about, uh, which is based on the uh, crime of uh, Lori, oh, I forgot her last name, but basically she like got married and then like started going crazy and she got a divorce and then she went to an elementary school and like shot some kids and then took a family hostage. It was like a very scary case. And uh, so it was it was popular because there was issues with how her psychiatrists and how her caretakers and how her parents didn't like claim that there was mental illness and how that grew into a dangerous situation when there's no help involved. But it it was it was done so in a lifetime movie way so it was somehow even scarier and like more dramatic than what actually happened which is a horrific story um and it was uh it was there was like a uh, a soap star who played the lead character uh the lead actor valerie bertinelli uh plays the lead 
and um, it was just it it just stuck with me and how off the wall it was but because it's based on a true story that also has like serious shit going on that it sort of made it scarier and i did it actually i a lot of movies don't cause me to like stay up and question shit uh this one did like this one left a really weird taste in my mouth afterwards but i really enjoyed watching it um i'd also recommend the the love bug uh disney's the love bug um (laughs) that was a blast i've never seen it before and that was a fucking blast dude i've been watching a lot of the 60s and 70s live action movies on disney plus and they are so fucking weird they're so i love it so so i'm looking up i i just looked him up this his career is insane. It's, a, it's nuts. Um, it's nuts. Like because he Cyber Seduction is my other favorite. So he directed one one Dark Knight, and then he followed it with Jason Lives, and then he does all of these like like you said like borderline Lifetime movies. The one that jumped out at me the most was Fab Five, the Texas cheerleader scandal film. Yeah. Um, but then, but then I saw this little note that. He also acted in two movies. He played Star, Special Troops Orange Regiment, in the Disney film The Black Hole, oh. and he played the mutant bear in Prophecy. <laughs> okay, that's the that's the good piece of that's the that's the great bit of career that he's had there. Uh, uh, but then I'll do because Scott and I kind of have a shared one. I finally finished uh, what we do in the shadows. It's great. Yeah. Um, uh, I can't wait for the next season. Uh, put it off for too long, but finally watched it because of quarantine. Thumbs up. Um, but Scott and I, at the time that this drops, it's now available for everybody. But we did get a forty-eight hour advance on the cheerleader sequel, Killer Queen. Cheerleader? You mean the babysitter oh sequel? Oh my god, dude! You, <laughs> you, were, you were thinking Fear Street, baby. That's what we were talking about. I was yeah. thinking Fear Street. But, yeah, sorry, the babysitter, Killer Queen. Uh, it's a fucking blast. Like two thumbs up, go see it. It's so fun. It's so gory. It's just there's every single kill is the fucking head explosion. It's awesome. (laughs) It's it's very funny. It's got some just like rapid fire dialogue. Highly recommend. Kyle, before we wrap this thing up, is there anything you have to promote real quick? No. Uh, no, uh, All right. <laughs> uh, I've been doing a uh, weekly VHS, uh, segments on my Instagram at KR Cookta. The current series that I'm in and probably will be when this airs is I'm doing VH essays in which I read, uh, my elementary and middle school essays, uh, to my VHS camcorder. Normally also usually with my wife off camera roasting the shit out of me like we'll go back and like we've been through carly's school stuff and like her writing in third grade is way fucking better than anything i've written in sixth grade and i'm like damn this is brutal <laughs> those are awesome definitely follow kyle for that also you gotta file the horror horror finds instagram page and uh, uh yeah. get some sweet fear street books that have been getting posted up there yeah lately. yeah yeah i've been having a lot of fun with horror finds it's on etsy and uh, i post all everything i post on uh etsy on instagram so you know what items are available or sold in the shop and then yeah that uh documentary that uh is not worth watching according to brian again uh it's called survival <laughs> of film freaks <laughs> and it's on amazon prime uh, all right. Well, that was the fun house from 1981. The last listener submitted month movie for 2020 and maybe ever. Who knows? We'll talk about it next year. Uh, but we are back to regular picked episodes. And you know what? We had so much fun having guests on this month that we have 
one more guest next week for you guys to talk about a movie that Brian picked. Uh, And your hint is that we were supposed to talk about it in our very first year of podcasting, and we didn't get around to it until our sixth year of podcasting. All right, guys, we will be back next week with more entertainment for your ear holes. Thank you for all the times that you spent listening to us, supporting us, hitting up our Patreon, visiting our social media, and chatting on our Facebook page. And we'll be back. Peace! Network. Hello everyone, we're Superhero Stuff You Should Know, and if you think you know about superheroes and comic books, think again. We got romance, we got action, romance. we got comedy, we got everything you need, man. Come on down to Superhero Stuff You Should Know for all your superhero needs. Uh, ro- I, I don't know about this romance, what part are you talking about? We've got all kinds of sketches, and then deep dives on top of that. Come on down to Superhero Stuff You Should Know! <laughs> Alright, so come on down to su- wait, why did I say come on down? To Superhero Stuff You Should Know. You've been lost in the woods for hours now, stumbling around in the dark. You come around the bend and see two people roasting marshmallows over a roaring fire. They see you coming into the clearing and gesture over to pull up a log. Welcome to Campfire Ashes. I'm Paul. And I'm Jess. Join us as we tell each other our originally written spooky stories around the campfire and then dive into the lore and legends that inspired them. Is it something that goes bump in the night? Is it something menacing lurking past the tree line? Or is it just weird and otherworldly? You'll find it here on Campfire Ashes. You can find us on Spotify, Apple Music, Amazon Music, or right here on the Geekscape Network. You're listening to the Geekscape Network.